0: Good job, Kelly. Uh, if you would turn in your Bible, please to the book of Luke, Luke chapter one. I I want to uh, I want to also say a word of thanks to Imani for um, when I, I got here really really early this morning, and it was still dark for a long while and when I got here Imani was here I don't think she came early I think she just stayed through which she's prone to do but she's was doing decorations and all kinds of things and doing something for the kids today so I just wanted to say thanks because that's above and beyond and and we we bless her and we bless her mama and we bless her her dear friend and co-worker who's here with us this this morning God bless you And um, so, in fact, I thought I smelled some popcorn when I was sitting there. So I think that there may be something in the works downstairs. I don't know. (sighs) That's the one thing about this church. Because anything that goes on downstairs, the the food, whatever it is, it's just just aromatic through this sanctuary. And... uh, 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 it's kind of funny. It's a quirky thing, but thank you, for Imani, for what you're doing, and uh, may God bless you. I, I wanted to, before we talk about today, um, a subject that we, we've mentioned before, but we've really not focused on a lot over the years, it has to do with uh, Zacharias, the priest, who uh, had an encounter with Gabriel, and Gabriel told him, um, you're not going to be able to speak until what I prophesied to you is happening. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment. But I did want to reiterate a couple of things that the Lord has shown to me as as your pastor over these past number of days. And there were two dreams that, that I had that specifically involved this church. And it's not, if it was a dream that was just involving me, I wouldn't get up here and spill it out. But anything that has to do with you or with our calling to the nations, I want to make sure that it's proclaimed and so that you can be in agreement with it, because that's the way God deals with things in His Word. Now, this past Wednesday, I spoke about a, a dream that I had where the Lord uh, had me here in the sanctuary. I was standing right down there, and I looked up, and like above here, it was just written in the the air, great favor, and that f- word favor throughout the uh, Old and New Testaments is is grace, and I believe that we are entering into a season where the great grace of God is going to be upon us, and He's going to be upon our mission, and that that measure of grace is always reaching upward; it's always reaching beyond where you are. That's the definition of grace in the scripture. If you look everywhere where grace, whether it's the Old Testament or the New, the way the Bible through its use defines grace is that measure of standing with God on behalf of something that's not there right now, but something that will be. And it always costs you something, but that's a breakthrough in grace. Now, Again, we've talked about this a lot in the past. If you look in a Bible dictionary, it's going to say that grace is unmerited favor. Well, in a way that's true because none of us, none of us have really done anything to influence God to give us a divine identity. I mean, it's all because of what God envisioned in us. But The point, though, is is that that definition makes you think that, you know, no matter what happens, you're just going to have it. And that's simply not true. I think we all know that. You can squander measures of what God wants to do through you. And he's not going to force himself on anybody. And he's not going to make you do things. He may do everything he can to get you to make the right decision, but he's not going to make you do something that you don't want to do or you're not willing to do. So grace, whether it's in the Old Testament through Hannah or whether it's in uh, a number of examples that we've looked at over the years, is God saying, I want to do this thing. Will you agree with me? And will you see something that is new, something that is on the horizon, something that I want to do come about? In fact, the last verse in the New Testament is when the Bible very clearly says the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And we should be moving forward in grace. You know, a common greeting in the church, which many of the epistles began with, was grace, mercy, and peace. Enter into grace, commune with God in his mercy, and bring that thing about to a victorious completion. That was the marching order of the church. And the Bible says that we grow in grace. The Bible says that the early church, in the midst of all kinds of persecution, had great grace upon them. And so I believe that we are, we are entering into a season in this new year where we're going to see the great and expansive grace of God fulfilled in a number of ways. And that was a dream. It seemed to last a long time. I was just standing watching it. And, and I know that that's something from the Lord. Now, the other dream that I had, which just happened um, on Friday evening going into Saturday morning, yesterday we were in prayer here, but um, I, I guess it was about four in the morning because I woke up shortly after this. I, I had a really unusual dream. I was in Peace Chapel and I was standing over by the piano and and I could tell from the outside that it was starting to get dark, and I knew, I knew that it was evening. I knew that it was evening. And somebody was standing there with me. I don't know who it was, really. It may, it may have been an angelic presence. I don't know. And I looked, this door was open, and I looked in here, and there was a, a beautiful young African-American woman right up front here, and she was she was preparing for some kind of presentation. And there was a worship team up here that was, um, again, African-American folks, wonderful people. And, and I, I just was in there, and I knew this was what was supposed to happen. I didn't know why it was happening. I just knew it was supposed to happen. Now, over the years, God has allowed us the privilege of partnering with lots of saints in, in African nations, but lots of wonderful African-American brothers and sisters, dear saints here in the United States. And we're so grateful for that. That that partnership endures over the years. I remember many years ago, many years ago, God prophesied through prophets that came into this house as well as through many other, um, many other instances and in ministry times that, uh the at least a third or more of the saints are going to be uh, comprised of African-American men and women. and and we've seen that to a small beginning, but we've not begun to see it in the ways that God has promised. So I saw that and and um, and at about that time, through the back door of Peace Chapel, the door opened, and there was a woman that was walking through. And in my spirit, I knew that she was a leader of this. And she was walking by, and she looked over at me, and she said, good morning, pastor. And I knew it was evening. And I thought, what does that mean? And I almost corrected her, but she kept walking. When she got right in front of me, I said, well, good morning to you, my sister. And I smiled and I looked over to whatever it was, well, whoever it was, it was standing beside me. And and I I just thought that was the funniest thing in the world. And I woke up. And so I started to pray and I said, Lord, why did you show me that? That was a really clear dream. That was a very clear dream. And, um, and immediately the thoughts rushed back into my Thinking of the, the the different ways that we've partnered with um, the African and the African American people groups, and uh, whatever nation they may be in, um, and I knew the prophecies that God had given, and and suddenly it appeared to me that even though for us we may be thinking we've been at this a long time, and um, and it may be almost. You know, we've said, how many times have we said, work for the night is coming when no man can work. The time, God is going to give us a window of time. And and for me, I'm thinking it's the evening. The evening is nigh in this day. We still have a lot of work to do. There's still a lot of light. But when this woman walked past me and said, good morning, I thought for them, whoever's coming, whoever is being enlightened, it, it's a new day and so for us it's it's almost like it's almost like a burst of reinforcement it's almost like a fulfillment for for those folks whoever they may be it's it's a new day for us it's later in the day but only god can do that so i declare that we're also going to see an incredible incredible influx of those who are hungry for god and that that um, This may be in the in the course, Uh, and and, oh, this was another one. And I, I promise I'm going to get to the word. I don't normally begin services by talking about a bunch of dreams. I apologize to my dear sister, but but you know, the weird thing was is that when this precious woman walked through, and I looked to see her, and I saw a man that used to be on staff here, Robert White, who was from Arkansas, and I. And I wondered about that, too, and I thought, why is, he's as, he's as white as the snow. Why is he in the midst of this thing? And I, 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 I wondered about that, and then I thought, well, could it be that there's going to be a great visitation that breaks out in, in the state of Arkansas? I wondered about that, and I'm not asking you for your opinion, so don't worry about it and write me a long soliloquy about it, but I do know this, that Great favor is upon the saints for this new year, and I also believe that God is going to send a touch into many different camps, but particularly we're going to see um, a a mighty visitation in um, in some people that are going to be a great great blessing to us and to the Lord most importantly in the days to come. So. Those were two dreams, again, they were not about me, because I would not get up here and spend time regaling about things that are my issues, but these were for this house and for the houses of the saints, and I just wanted to declare them and let you know that this is something very prolifically that God shared, because no matter how much Domino's pizza I may have eaten before I went to bed, I wouldn't have, that wouldn't have influenced me to dream any of those things. You think so, Rachel? I, I don't think that would have would have happened. Okay, Luke 1. Now, Gabriel came to this old man, Zacharias. We talked about the troubling that, well, the, that the scripture says happened in him when he saw Gabriel. We talked about this last week, but the troubling, same word that happened according to Gabriel's words when he appeared to Mary. But we're going to read Two verses, and then we're going to talk about what happened in Zacharias um, and why, perhaps, it happened. Uh, Verse 19 of Luke chapter 1 says, the angel answered Zacharias and said, I am Gabriel that stands in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto you and to show you these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak, until the day that these things shall be performed, because you believe not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. Now, this is very, very interesting. And, you know, we were talking in Sunday school about weird things that happen in the Word, and you just wonder, now, why in the world did that happen in that way? Now, to me, this old guy, uh, and he was, he was old, and his wife according to the scripture, was well stricken in age. Well stricken. (laughs) That's still a funny phrase. I won't ask if any of you felt well stricken with age. (laughs) I know at times I do. But um, uh, he obviously had been a faithful priest. He and his wife Elizabeth early on in their life prayed earnestly that they would have a child. And not only did they pray that, but the scripture says, according to what Gabriel says to him, your prayer was heard. That is the term that is used to describe supplication in the New Testament. So, and we've talked about this in the past, but this is just to reiterate. Gabriel was there and he said, that supplication that you and your wife entered into decades before, whatever God put in your heart to believe for regarding a son and what that son would fulfill, um, that prayer was heard, and I am here because of that prayer. Now, that set in motion a lot of thinking in Zechariah because it had to be startling. First of all, he had been at that altar of incense in his course of ministry many times over the years, and for, for Gabriel to appear... And that way had to be, I would say, different. And it was somewhat startling, and then for Gabriel to say this, that your your prayer was heard and you're going to have a son, that had to set off a lot of thinking in Zechariah, because he thought, what I stop we stopped praying about that. I'm just suggesting, forty years ago, maybe fifty years ago. Because that ship has sailed and we knew when it sailed and we for, pretty much forgot about it. And maybe we thought, well, maybe we didn't hear God right or maybe we misinterpreted, maybe our own desires created that kind of an environment. But then again, we both knew that this was something that God had said and that we were going to have a child that wasn't just going to bless our home but was going to be significant in the course of what God was wanting to do. So all of that there is in in this process. And Zechariah is thinking these things, and Gabriel recognizes Three, just, by, just by just a brief word that Zechariah said, that um, Zechariah wouldn't really buy into an this. And so Gabriel takes the unprecedented step of saying, You're not going to be able to speak until this baby is born because you are not in alignment with the words that I am speaking. Now, why? Why would Zechariah's words have a sway on what an angel from the right hand of the throne of God spoke? Why, if Gabriel, as Gabriel came and he did to declare this, you would think that is to borrow a word from Luke, even though I'm not pronouncing it the way that Luke Benishon would say, a fait accompli, so that Zechariah could screw up, quote unquote that declaration from Gabriel. How could that possibly be? Well, I want to guarantee you that when you're in covenant partnership with God and you're believing something that God has put before you, you are partnering with him. You are in supplication with him regarding certain things, and when it comes to those things, your words have power. And so Gabriel, being a uh, a mighty angel representing God from the right hand that place of uh, prophetic import angels recognize that when God says something those words have power and when they relate that word those words have power but here in that chain of uh, that chain of alignment It comes to this man who was a covenant partner with God, who was operating in supplication agreement with God, and his words had power too. Do you realize that you, in the things that God has commissioned in your life, your words have power? And I think when we specifically are thinking about what God has said he's going to do through you— And in these next years to come, those things that you cherish that God has put before you, you need to hold on to them, and you need to make sure that no matter what else happens, your words don't damn those things. Do you you hear me? Now, it's interesting to see what Zacharias does. He emerges from this meeting he comes out, and all the people are standing out there, and they're wondering, gee whiz, we were troubled about you. You know, you were in there a really long time. And they're marveling that he was in there that long, and he can't speak. Now, they may have thought, you know, he's an old man. Maybe he had uh, uh, maybe he had some kind of an embolism. Maybe he had some kind of, maybe he, something slipped. Maybe, you know, his handlers aren't there to say, no questions, no questions. That's a joke. Um, But, you know, the thing is, is that he comes out, he can't talk, and he makes his way back home. Now, the Bible says that Elizabeth hid herself for five months. You can read that, not right now, but it's just in the next few verses. And so here you got him, and she's, she's... I I'm sure he knew how to write. We know that. Because he wrote, his name shall be John when the baby was born. So maybe he wrote just to her some cryptic things that said, this is what's going on. He had to explain a few things, I'm sure. Uh, but, but he's there. He can't talk. And she's hiding herself for five months. That's kind of weird, isn't it? Can you imagine what was going on? as she, you know... Maybe the first month she's thinking, okay, you know, I don't, I don't really know whether I'm pregnant or not. And the second month maybe she's thinking, well, you know, things don't really feel a whole lot different in my body. And then the third month comes and, you know, she's thinking, well, you know, I don't know. I mean, he still can't talk and we're still here. Things feel a little bit different. And by the time the six month rolls around, pretty much she can tell yeah, I'm pregnant. At the same time, six months into this, Gabriel shows up and he talks to Mary. And he says, Hail Mary, thou art highly favored. You know, another grace. Uh, you, you are moving in the grace of God. And he said, Your cousin Elizabeth is now six months pregnant with a child that God inspired to be uh, born and this was this had to be news to Mary because Elizabeth had been hiding herself, and Zechariah sure wasn't saying anything; he couldn't talk at all. And so, as soon as as soon as this pronouncement of Gabriel to Mary, the Bible says that Mary goes up to be with Elizabeth. And it's interesting that as soon as Mary knocks on the door and makes a salutation. The Spirit of God comes upon Elizabeth and upon the baby within her, and if there was ever a question as to whether she was pregnant or not, now it's being confirmed because the baby leaps in her womb. John the Baptist leaps in her womb at the sound of the salutation of Mary. Isn't that interesting? So you say, well, how could this old woman have not known she was pregnant? I can't explain that. I've heard of people, I've heard of women that didn't know they were pregnant at all. And it, I, I read this in more places than the National Enquirer. And, and all of a sudden, you go into the hospital, thinks you've got a stomach ache, and boom, there's a baby. Have you heard of anything like that? So it's likely that this woman, well stricken in age, is just kind of hanging out, wondering what's going on. But as soon as Mary comes in, this baby leaps within her, and the game is on. So Mary stays there with her for the next three months, but the Bible says that before John the Baptist is born, I don't know how soon before, Mary leaves and goes back to her homeland, and then John the Baptist is is born. Now, this is kind of interesting. We're we're focusing on words and why Gabriel said, Zechariah, you're not going to be able to speak Seems a bit, to me, a really drastic sign, but it's something that we can look at. I know we've all had times where we've said things that perhaps we shouldn't have said. I know that there are times where we may be encountering rough moments or... um, situations that are really tiring and we may we may just even mumble something under our breath. Oh, I'm just so tired of this. Not necessarily about the things of the Lord, but you know, we've got to continually watch what we say because our words do have power. The Bible speaks about death and life being in the power of the tongue. And there are a lot of other verses that speak those kinds of things. But particularly when it comes to what God has promised and what you know you are in covenant Partnership with God concerning you need to know that your words have power, and I would specifically say that we need to guard over our expressions pertaining to what God is wanting to do in our lives, what we're believing God's going to do in this next year. We need to guard over our expressions. It would be very easy to say, Oh. You know, those churches, those many churches down in Brazil, you know, they're hungry. They're wanting you to come. We're reaching out. But then watch out. I just don't see any way in the world that we're going to be able to go down there with all this COVID mess. What variant's going to be there? And, you know, down there, I mean, they they just kind of fast and loose. You you know, you could get down there and then be stuck down there for months because the government may not let you. We got to watch what we say even though our mind could process those kinds of things. And, we, and I won't go through lots of other illustrations, but if there are things that God has promised you, things that you, you believe God's going to do, things that me he may have told you that are very near in regard to your covenant partnership with God, watch what you say, because your words have power. It was your words that, uh, in intercession, that really blessed the heart of God and not only initiated that partnership with him, but what else that, uh, as it's been developed over the course of time through your intercession, your words have had power. And so, you know, what we've said is that um, miracles always seem impossible. Miracles always seem impossible as if, um, you know, things are really not favorable for them to happen. In fact, that's why miracles are there. (laughs) Miracles happen in places where it seems impossible. And um, so the fact that it seems impossible should not be a deterrent for you to believe. Um, But the point is, though, that so often when we come very close to the miracle breakthrough, those scenarios or, that surround the miracle seem so daunting that we, if we're not disciplined in our expressions, we could use that power of our voice to, to partner with the, the, the darkness rather than the coming of light. And it would be better for you to say nothing than to speak a word that would question or damn what God is wanting to do. Does that make sense? And so, and, and again, I, I think that all of our words have power, but particularly when it involves something that you have covenanted with God to do, something that, that you have come into an alignment with him to bring about. Those words are ultra important. All words are important, but those words particularly in the chain of God's command have great efficacy, so we have to guard them. And what did did, uh, Gabriel say? Um, He said, because you don't believe my words which are going to be fulfilled in their season. (laughs) That is something very important. Um. See the thing is, is that this was still going to go now for nine months of some really strange things. You know, you think about it. They're hidden. Elizabeth's hidden. Do you know how many people? And and when when the Bible says this baby was born, you can read it. There were people coming out of the woodwork to come by and see them. Lots of cousins. I didn't know Elizabeth had that many cousins. It says it. And lots of people. They're all coming. And these are old folks. these are old this is an old priest. they were probably beloved. they were probably well known in that area. you know as it was, you know the, this guy had probably um, blessed children, participated in circumcisions of young boy the young babies. It, they all knew him and they're knocking on the door, or whatever they did um, and they come up and Where's Elizabeth? We're checking on you. It's probably good that Zacharias couldn't answer those kinds of things every day. Well, you know, she's not doing any good that well, you know. I've been real concerned for her, you know. She's been my love for all these years, and here she is, just uh, just some strange stuff. You know the way sometimes people just start rambling and yakking, and, and every one of those days could have been just a pile on. You know, I just don't know. He's not going to make it. I, I'm not f- faulting him. I'm just saying he was human, just like everybody else. And that kind of barrage, that kind of spate of opportunities for him to say things that a lot of times old people say, um, young people say them too. But old people, you, you know what? I uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's because my hair's getting grayer. I don't know. But I just notice when I'm out and about that people just treat me differently. And and if I get around old people and they recognize the gray, they just kind of act like, "Oh yeah, you're a survivor like me. There's not a whole lot of us left." And so many of them, they just start telling me their troubles. Well, you know how you do? How you do? "Oh, I'm fine. How are you doing, sir?" "Oh, I'm okay, but you know, I'm just not." And off they go. It's like somebody turns the tap on and off they go. They're telling me about all the problems that are in their life and the challenges they faced and, you know, their grandkids are just going to hell and it's just troubling to them. And I think, God, Calgon, take me away. You know, and, and I think, good Lord, I don't know what started this tap. Maybe it's the anointing. But I sure wish I could speak to the rock and tell it to stop. So, I don't know what kind of people these were, but every day could have been an opportunity for this dear man to say things, not maliciously, but he could just have been damning this thing from from morning till night. And, you know, the point for us is that we've just got to be really careful, particularly when we recognize the scope of what God has given us to do for the nation's. You know, even this morning, before I came in here, I got two words from Brazil, from two different, from one, our uh, interaction with one of our translators from down there, Franklin, and, and also from uh, another, one of the pastors. And they're just, they're watching our service right now. Many of them don't understand a word we're saying, but they're watching every week. And, and I, I that, and that's just one nation. There are so many other places that uh, I'm, we're preparing to minister to through, the, through the, the new equipment we've got. We're laying out, or I'm laying out things that need to be done so that every week we can be producing different programs that can then be translated. But I'm also praying and making plans for travel. Because this has got to, we've got to get there. We've got a narrow window of time. And we've got to lay hands on people and be meet them and greet them and um, welcome new folks into the kingdom. Um, but I, I recognize that there seems like a lot of impossibilities in front of us. And we've got to be very careful what we say. Not the least of which you think, I could go on and on about this. You know... Do I really want to go during this time period? It'd be a whole lot easier just to stand up here, video it, and send it and pronounce the blessing over it. Do I really want to go? You know, I, I've got a little baby grandson coming and two little girls and my own, my family in this church. Do, do I really want to keep pressing the envelope going out of these places? Of course I do. But then again, I don't. i got to watch what I'm saying here. But we process those things. And we've got to be careful what we declare when we're in partnership with God for this precious message and for the nations. I mean, this is this story. Uh, every one of these, um, uh, every one of these accounts from Mary to Simeon, which we talked about—that that was a wonderful thing. You began your Sunday school class with Simeon, and it says he waited. That's that word "prosdekomai" means that it's it's a rare word it's a rare combination of words that says you're believing something. It's right there, ready to be touched, and you're not taking your eyes off it. You're looking forward to it, even though it's not fully there. It was used to speak about the anticipation of a party or a banquet that people just thought about, thought about, thought about. It's coming, and and they're they're looking forward to it, much like I used to do when Christmas Day. Boy, I'd start thinking about Christmas when I was a little kid, weeks before, and I'd be thinking, man, it's just this more sleep till Christmas. You know, it's coming and but that's the word for this old man simeon who was waiting who was waiting to see the messiah god had told him that that was going to be and every day he kept moving in righteousness but he waited see we've got to adopt that specifically the things that god is partnering with us in now i'm not talking about the blessings see there's a difference there's a difference between the, the principle of blessing and the way God provides for us, and, uh, and that, that, is, that is a factor that God um, releases to us, and our words affect that too. But there is nothing like that supplication of partnership with God about, um, about which you know I'm believing God for this thing for his kingdom. That is that is paramount and we've listen, we've got we've got well I don't really maybe I should count how many of those we have as intercessors a responsibility to partner with God in. The saints, yes. Various nations, things that we're believing, things that are happening right now in those nations, covenant partners there, yes. I mean, there are so many of these aspects of our partnership with God as an intercessor and his sons that are important. And our words are so incredibly vital to the success of that—that's just the way God. Everything begins with a voice, and it continues there. So we've got to—we've got to be careful. Yes, in our we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and He adds all these things. We want to continue to believe God and give Him thanks for the addings. Give Him thanks for the way He's providing those. Those are good covenant blessings that God gives, but those things to me cannot be compared with the eternal points of partnership where we're welcoming what God from his throne has wanted to do in these end times. Those are the things that Gabriel is speaking about here with Zacharias. And and this this business of of you're you're not going to be able to speak because you're not believing my words that are going to come through in the season and I don't want you messing it up. You know, it, it, it's not vindictive. See, it's, it's not like Gabriel comes down as this mighty archangel and says, I don't like what you're saying. So, because you can't keep your mouth right, you're not going to be able to talk. That's not, this was not a vindictive thing. This was not that. This was not that. This was about that supplication and the unique. Uh, the unique covenant partnership regarding the friend of the bridegroom, do you realize that we as saints have a tremendous alignment with that preparing the way of the Lord ministry? You realize that? I mean, if there was an alignment with anything in this nativity account, it's that for us because we are preparing the way for the Lord. We are making the crooked places straight. We're restoring that that alignment so that the righteous nation, nation may enter in and so that the Lord, our mighty sovereign, can come and show himself on behalf of that pathway. That is preparing the way of the Lord. That's what John the Baptist did. That's what, according to the book of Malachi, that ministry of Elijah is aligned with this because Jesus said you know that that one Elijah has come and you've seen that ministry through John the Baptist Jesus said that and so now we continuing that preparing the way of the Lord and preparing the way for the righteous nation do you see this alignment so when we're praying before the throne of God and and God is causing us to align with the angelic Our words in regard to that are synonymous to this that Zechariah encountered. Do you see that connection? It's very clear to me. Sometimes I get rolling up here and it's confusing as mud for you. But it's there in the word or I wouldn't be saying it. So our words are important in preparing the way of the Lord and preparing for the righteous nation. And our words are important as Elijah's in these days, preparing the way for those that will come. And we've got to be very careful with what we say. Now, I look, and it's just six minutes after 12. You don't expect me to be done by now. So I'm going to keep going. There was something else that the Lord was saying about this. And that is, and we kind of touched on it this morning in the discussion in Sunday school class, how... how, Uh, And, you know, Ben, you brought this up, how, how things sometimes happen and you wonder, okay, you can see the end result, but why did they happen in that way? Now, I can't imagine what people might have said about Elizabeth. I mean, you just think about it. You've got a woman that's well stricken in age and here she is pregnant. Can you imagine what kind of busybodies and crazy talk? Well, I just, it's just going to kill that old woman. I just know it is. Well, you know, I had my aunt Methuselah. She she was sixty and she keeled over. Just just keeled over. You know, there could have been all kinds of things. And can you imagine? Can you imagine what was going on in Elizabeth? I mean, as holy as she had to be. She was still a woman and she was probably thinking, oh God, what is going on in me? Every day passes, I'm getting bigger and it's not because I'm eating too many Twinkies. There's a baby in there. How is this going to happen? I've had trouble getting up out of bed in the morning and now I've got to give birth to a baby and then that only begins the situation. We got to take care of that baby. Can you imagine those kinds of thoughts? You think about all of these women that that were in the scripture who had covenant children and what they faced. I mean mary she she's up there with Elizabeth, and when she goes back home, here she is she's not married, she's a virgin and she's pregnant and I don't think she was met with too much favor in that in that community. They seem to be kind of and you can imagine what people thought. You can read what Joseph thought. Gabriel had to meet him and say, hey, look, you better be really careful what you do because what's going on in this girl is of God. I mean, that's a pretty clear thing. You've got to lay your manhood down. You've got to lay your pride down. And you've got to accept this thing because it's God. She's telling you the truth. And he had to. he had to go with it. He had to go with it. But you think about it. You have Abraham and Sarah. And she's getting older. The promise of God is given to them. And she the years are passing. And he doesn't have a covenant person. And so she makes a deal with Hagar that Abraham will have a child with this woman. And then she has a child. And the trouble begins. And finally... There, there are things that are happening there that Sarah does not want to deal with anymore, and she says, "Abraham, you got to get this woman and that boy out of here." Think about, think about. Uh, uh, we talked about uh, Isaac and Rebecca, and then you think about Jacob with with Rachel and Leah. You know, Rachel's the one that he really loved and thought he was gonna going to have as his wife, and the double switch comes, and Leah's there, and it's too late now, you're married to her, and Leah starts having kids, and Rachel doesn't have any, and, and uh, they're making fun of Rachel, and she's feeling, oh, how long? And then they finally have a child. And, but God's in the middle of all of it. And we could give illustration after illustration of this And you got to be careful with that too, because all of see over and over again, God does this this way. It's it's always not a clear path. It's it's it's, it. God's going to do what He said He's going to do, and you got to hold on to that, and you got to watch your words, and you got to stay true. But along the way, there are a lot of things that you think, "Why in the world is this happening?" You know, you promised me, but look at these other people. They're having kids. It's like the producto over there. How is that happening? And I don't have anything yet. And you, have we seen that? I have, and I firmly admit I've watched it, and I've, in and, and down moments I've not liked it. <laughs> I bet you got to watch your words. You've got to watch what you say and you've got to present those things before the Lord because these happen everywhere in the scripture. Think about Hannah. Her name was Grace, the mother of Samuel. I mean, she's living in this household. She's a devout woman. Her, Her husband loves her. But these other women in the household are having kids and she's not. And she's crushed. And she comes and she's offering supplication and she's praying. Her name means grace, mind you. And and the high priest Eli comes out and says, Hey, woman, if you're gonna get drunk, get drunk in your house. Don't get drunk here in the it's Shiloh. This is just embarrassing, even though his sons were doing much worse than that. But poor that poor woman, she had to, she had to watch those things going on when. In her own life, she was dealing with the timing of God that seemed like barrenness. And through that all, the thing that shone forth was the need to continue to believe for the promise of God and particularly to watch what you declare. Now, why I'm bringing this message right now as we're ready to enter into 2022, I think is because we're about to step into, and many of you have had visions, many of you have had dreams, we've heard many of them, and we're grateful for them, hold on to them, but we're at the precipice of an amazing point of great favor and breakthrough on behalf of the mission that we've, that we've shared. It's kind of like Abram and Abraham, when God changed his name, and when God changed from Sarai to Sarah. Uh, the, that change of names that marked a transitional moment. It's not like we've not been doing anything. I mean, look at all these. Every one of these flags indicate nations where there are either have been great uh, points of ministry or there are active uh, camps of the saints. So, and and we've we've seen the blessing of the Lord. We we've, we've been able to see together a lot of amazing things, and just as Abram did we're on Abram's road. Just as Abram did, there was a lot of blessing before the major point of blessing and promise of God came. And when that hit on the basis of, on the foundation of all those other points of blessing, all those other points where that covenant with God was being formed and and made uh, into what uh, God wanted it to be, then the breakthrough came on top of that. And I think we're at a moment like that. we, We heard about dreams in Sunday school class, and there have been many others. We've got to watch what we say because our words have power regarding those things. And not just watch things that you shouldn't say, but hear from the Lord and speak forward in praise what you should say. God shows you something, rejoice in it and say it. Say it over your life. Try God. Test God, even in your personal life. There's some situations that you've been facing and you know that, that if they, these shouldn't be this way and something within you says, you know, why don't you believe for something better? Take God at that promise and begin to speak into that. Speak positively into that and welcome the presence of the Lord into it. See what God will do. But particularly with our mission as saints, let's not allow well-stricken with years or the pandemic or any other thing come and crowd us out of that place of belief that God is still holding in front of us. We have not yet begun to really see the fulfillment of what God has caused you to invest decades of intercession for. Do you realize that? And, and if there's anything about this, this nativity account, Mary was young. And that's about the, the scope of it. All the rest of them were old. Joseph was older than Mary, he was. And in fact, we don't know what happened to him, but by the time Jesus was 30 and he broke forth into public ministry, Joseph was gone. He obviously was dead. He was gone. And Jesus had to manage that household so that he could know what it was like to be a man in, that hu- in the house, or a woman too, but for him to, to provide with his mother for all of those siblings that he had. Uh, But Joseph was gone. I don't know how old he was, but he was older. And all these other people from Anna to Simeon to Zechariah to uh, Elizabeth to the Magi that took that long journey, they were all seasoned people and old. And so the, the, the thing that stands out to me is that God doesn't just do things, boom, as soon as he says them. For him, in the economy of God's timetable, it is like that. But for us, he walks us through in the journey. And uh, it's like what the Apostle Paul said. Uh, You know, I've run this race. I'm finishing my course, but I am not coming up to the finish line and and be shipwrecked. We've got to carry this through. We're about to see incredible breakthroughs beyond anything we've seen, and we've seen incredible things to this point. So let's hear from God. Let's believe Him. In fact, you may want to even go before Him and say, Father, this is a kind of an odd message from Pastor, but I'm used to those. Uh, What is it that I've been believing for that you want to highlight right now? What is it that your Spirit may be speaking to me about what I believe for. And then don't be surprised if he he shows you some things. Grab those as a gift from the Spirit, and you begin to cherish them and proclaim them. How do you do that? You don't have to get 15 verses to, to bolster up what God has said. I mean, let everything be aligned with the Scripture. But when God says something, declare it. I thank you, God, for this, and I praise you for the fact that you're going to do this and this and this that you're showing. Those words have power, and we need to, we need to expect that in these days. And so you see the power of the words. You see, you see what Elizabeth says. You see that what the Catholics call the Magnificat with, with Mary. My soul doth magnify the Lord. You see what Simeon says, where he's speaking these blessings. You see what Anna says as she's speaking forth, prophesying these blessings. Everywhere in this story, you have people and angels speaking forth a word and then uh, expounding upon those words in faith and belief. There's power in that. And so recognize that that is coming. And recognize that it is in this, in this time frame that God is saying it's going to be really important for you to do this. But watch and be very careful because um, your words have power. And when it comes to the things that God has promised, put a lock on your lips and only open them when you're ready to say something positive about what God is wanting to to do and what he promised you he'll do. Does that make sense? So on surface, I close by saying, it looks like Zacharias was being kind of mean to this old priest. And that wasn't the case at all. In fact, Gabriel was being very kind to him because, um, you know, honestly, I I can't really fault Zacharias. I mean, he... <laughs> This was a really weird situation. And uh, he thought that ship had, that train had left the station. And it was so far gone that he couldn't even hear the whistle anymore. But, you know, he, uh, he, Gabriel was saying, I'm going to make you so you can't speak because I don't want you messing up what you're partnering with God in. So he really did him a favor. He really did blessed him by doing this. It was not vindictiveness. And so I just I just proclaim over you that the things that God has promised you, He's going to do. And some of you have seen you're on a roll. I mean you're 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 striking a heavenly lottery every that's a bad phrase. <laughs> that's a bad phrase. But I see you, Eminem, and I, I just, I rejoice. I was thinking of you yesterday, praying for you, um, thinking about, boom, boom, all these things that God has done for you over these, and, and I've known you a long time, and I remember when those things seemed impossible, but God did them. And, and the same thing can be said for every one of you, but this is just the beginning This is just the beginning. What God has promised you personally, he's good for it. Hold on to it. But what you're partnering with God for in regard to what the throne has released to your custody, you better believe that he holds that as a point of very strong covenant bond. Your words have power there. Get ready to use them. Guard over what you say because there's power in it. What a strange message for coming into this Christmas week, but yet this is the story, and there it is. So I speak blessing over every one of you. Believe God for what he's promised. And when it comes to our joint mission in reaching the the nations on behalf of uh, uh, developing those that would be sons and uh, intercessors before God, let's let's know that God's about to give us an an amazing point of grace, amazing point of breakthrough, and our words are going to be used by the throne of God to welcome that in amazing ways. And isn't that fun? Isn't that great? I love that. Amen. I'll say one more thing, okay? Not that you're asking for it. But when you all began and everything was new and everything was just uh, God was doing things in you that you'd never experienced before and it was all just revolutionary and new. Those were great beginning points. But the, the scenario was to lead you to this point. And the most powerful point of this whole engagement you might argue what's more important the beginning or the fulfillment well the beginning is real important the beginning is essential because without the beginning you don't have anything but to carry it all the way through to the end that's the objective the objective wasn't just for you to have goosebumps and be on the floor and feel god if i you know knew every day even though that's wonderful the objective is to partner with you and for you to stand before the throne as sons of the Father. That's what Jesus said he came for, that you might be born again and that you might be redeemed to the Father. That's the objective. And you are at the point of a a measure of fulfillment where that beginning point is coming to its culmination. So embrace that, recognize that, and use what God is giving you to welcome (laughs) miracles unlike anything we've ever enjoyed in him to this point. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the way you've preserved us and for the way you're leading us. And and I, I just simply ask for a blessing upon all the saints, no matter what nation they're in, no matter what city they're in, and even those here at this this wonderful church, this remnant here, I thank you for the way that you are visiting us in this time. I speak blessing over this Christmas week, but I I also speak a continued blessing over our partnership with you. I ask you, Father, that you will guide us to be the intercessors, to be the voice that will welcome those things that you covenanted with us and that you promised to do. I speak blessing over that in every way. Guide us. Help us to continue to grow in you. Help us to be wise. Help us to show the maturity that you've labored over the years to form in us. And Lord, no matter where we are, no matter what we are, let us always remember that you are using us by your grace and by your mercy, to do a work that you've ordained from the foundation of the world. Let us never forget that. Now, I thank you for this, Father. And again, I speak blessing over this house, every person here, uh, as we are now in this week, this precious week, where we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus. Help us to honor you, and we thank you for it. And we ask all of these things in the name of that precious Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless all of you. Thanks for being here. And uh, Merry Christmas. We'll have uh, the privilege of reaching out uh, online every day this week, just about. But uh, don't forget Friday evening candlelight service at 6. God bless. Be well.